There are things you can do, like providing the, you know, the right information, directing people towards one goal to help that along the way. You can keep it simple by just considering like, how is this thing, whatever this thing you're deciding on, on your website, serving your customer and helping your customer reach the end goal of making a purchase, right? If you follow that kind of thinking, then you'll have a conversion boosting website in no time. You're listening to Product Powerhouse, a podcast to inspire and empower you while you build a powerful product-based business that fuels your passion and feeds your family. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I run an e-commerce web design agency that helps shop owners build, grow, and scale. This podcast is all about actionable strategies specifically for your product-based business. So friend, grab a nice coffee and let's chat because DIYing your business doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Product Powerhouse Podcast. I am super excited for today's episode. Today we are chatting about one of my favorite topics and that is conversion-centered design. I love talking about design and how certain aspects go together and how well our sites are, you know, converting customers. I always say that one of my favorite parts of web design is that you have to be creative with inside the box that is web design or a website because your website has to function the way a customer expects it to function in order to be of use to a customer. But with design, you kind of get to push the limits or push the push the sides of the box with what you can do and ways to be creative within that. So that's what we're talking about today. Okay, so we're going to get a little bit nerdy, but it's one of my favorite topics. And we're talking all about conversion design and user experience. So first, let's cover what is conversion-centered design. I also say conversion-based design. It's the same thing if you hear me kind of mix those up. I think the technical term is conversion-centered design. If we Google that, lots of things pop up. Uh, But conversion-centered design is designing with a single goal in mind, and it's guiding your customers towards taking one single course of action. So like I said before, 90% of the time, our goal in e-commerce is to get our customers to make a purchase. So that's what it is. Now, the principles of conversion-centered design include things that are like both visual and psychological and, you know, little things like high contrast and colors and directional cues, like having arrows and buttons and enough white space and creating a sense of urgency and showing social proof. All of these are really important psychological principles of conversions, right? And of course, when we're talking about this, we are using these types of things in an ethical way, which we talked about in a a few episodes ago. Um, I'm not talking about creating sense of urgency by saying like, oh, there's only one left when you really have a hundred. That's not what I'm saying. There are other ways of creating urgency. Actually, a great example is offering a generous return policy or offering a trial product, offering a sample, things like that are great ways of creating urgency without trying to manipulate someone into doing something or believing something that's not true. So if we think about why conversion-centered design is so important, like why does this matter? Why should we care about helping our customers take action? Because it kind of feels a little bit salesy, right? But giving people one thing to do 
really helps to reduce distractions and makes it very obvious what action they are supposed to take. The more options you give someone who's viewing your website, the more distracted and overwhelmed they will be. And we want to use our website to support our customers focused, not make their, their brain squirrel. I'm sure you've kind of heard of this before. There's this study where they offered like 16 types of jam or four types of jam. And on the day that they offered four types of jam, they made more sales because it was easier to decide between four options than it is between 16 options, right? So that's kind of the same idea. We also have to consider what does a customer need to know in order to make an informed purchase through our website? But a great example of enhancing your customer's focus through design is one of my favorite clients, the Fox and Stone. So their website is really geared towards getting custom orders. They do have a product, you know, area where you can buy already made, but their main offer is custom design rings. And so when you go to their website, a lot of the things you see are supporting that main action that they want one person to take. You know, their announcement bar at the top is talking about custom pieces. The big hero section is talking about the custom process. Uh, Later down the page, they're talking about their custom process and what they love about it or in their about section. So a lot of things you see circle back to that that one main goal. Now, we still also have to provide other things, especially on our homepage. You know, you have to provide the content people are looking for in order to make that informed purchase. So we have to provide the social proof and all of those things. So using design principles of focus helps reduce the amount of work it takes for a customer to make a purchase. So when your homepage is dedicated towards this one goal, it's easy for them to say, oh, I want to design a custom ring, which is what you're wanting to sell anyways, right? So to do this, we have to make sure we kind of follow some guidelines. Like we want to make sure all the important information is in an easy to find location and presented in an easy to consume way. A great example of this is like having your product care presentations listed on a product page if after care of a product is an important part of the care process, right? If you're selling fancy Angora wool sweaters, you're going to need to tell me how to take care of that. Otherwise, I'm going to stick it in the washing machine and shrink it and I'm not going to be happy and it's going to be like uh, their, their sweater shrunk. Never mind the fact that I'm the one that ruined it. That's not the process that goes through our customers' brains. If there are important things like that, we need to have it where they're already looking. Okay, so that's a big piece of this. This is also really about the concept of user experience or UX design. The concept of like user experience is at its simplest, it's designing with the user in mind. How are they going to experience the page? How do the colors, the words, the buttons, the white space, everything come together to form something that the customer can use? So this kind of goes back to following the rules that create the website box, right? Okay, so with UX design, that means you're not creating anything haphazardly or just because you like the way it looks. It means you're creating the page to intentionally support and engage the viewer who is, you know, your potential customer. Okay, so this has all been kind of like bird's eye level, right? This is the concept. So let's break it down into some 
tangible things you can do specifically on your Shopify website, because you're probably thinking, okay, Aaron, but I'm not a UX designer. And I hear you. <laughs> you don't have to be. One of the best things about Shopify is the templates that you are using or that are created that are available were created by UX designers. We, they were created by designers who have followed these principles to create a website that is conversion friendly. Here are some, some very specific things you can do. Okay. So, number one, function over design. So yes, sometimes we have to prioritize the function of our site over how beautiful it looks. My favorite examples of this is using a review app. Like you guys know I love Stamp.io for reviews. Uh, Shopify has a review app. Yopto has a review app. There's tons of review apps. They are not typically very pretty. They don't look fancy. But the way that they are structured, the way they are set up, they are really effective and people trust them. When they seem a little less fancy, when it seems like, oh, here's a group of real reviews people have left, it kind of signals to the brain of the customer like, oh, you know, they're they're gathering real testimonials. When we fancy them up and make them look all snazzy, they feel like, ah, that, you know, is this a real review or not? This is the same reason why you see a lot of screenshots of reviews rather than, you know, copy and pasted looking fancy quote style reviews because people trust the real piece of it. So they don't look pretty, but they are effective. So number two is following the rules that people expect. So this is like having a header, having your logo go back to your homepage, having return information in your footer. We talked about this a few episodes ago when I shared the one thing you can do to refresh your store, which was updating your header and footer. There are expectations people have for headers and footers. And they, when you put that information in those places, they, they are able to navigate your site better. Uh, number three, giving buttons when we want people to take action. So like creating a little box where they click, right? Hyperlink text where you've like highlighted the text and it usually has like an underline, maybe it's blue. It's not enough to tell people, hey, you can click me. Buttons draw attention and they make it clear that they're supposed to click here. And then you can even do fancy things like use different colors there so that it's drawing the eye. Your button can like do something when they hover over it so that psychologically it's more fun when they click the button. Um, number four is always, always, always give someone the next step. So every page on your website should lead to something else. So your website should be a great tour guide, always saying like, right this way, folks. So every page on your site should have a button or something to do once they get to the end of the page, which goes back to this number one goal of conversion center design, right? So at the end of every page, maybe you have a collection you want them to check out. Maybe you want them to sign up for your email list. This is why you often find email banners or email forms on a website at the bottom of the page so that they can take action. Number five is creating flow by using different types of sections and backgrounds and areas within a page so that it makes someone want to stop and read. So it signals to our brain, oh, this is different. Stop and look at it. So we do this by, you know, using a different background, having a different layout, changing the width of a section. All those things help create distinct sections 
on a page so that it, we're able to kind of navigate it and and scroll through without just kind of blowing past it. Another thing you need to do is provide enough information on a page. So social media and apps have completely changed the way we navigate websites. It used to be that there would be like a lot of bunch, a bunch of little pages with just like a little bit of content on each one of them. But now we have endless scroll, right? So we can just scroll, 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 doing that doom scrolling. (laughs) But that means we can give more information on a page and make it easier for customers to consume what we have to say which also means that we have to keep it engaging. We can't just, you know, kind of just pile it on there, which goes back to creating flow by using different types of sections. So you can break up a page with all these different types of sections and allows you to create longer pages to provide more content on one page, which again is less work for the customers if they don't have to click through to a bunch of different pages to find what they're looking for. Another thing you can do is use their language clearly describing products, using your customers' words and the things that they expect when they're thinking about your products, that is easier for them to navigate. For example, maybe they saw a really cute plant pot on your website and they're like, oh, that cute polka dot pot. And if they're on your website searching polka dot pot, but you haven't labeled it as a polka dot pot or your you know your product title is like something different that doesn't include those keywords they're not going to be able to find it so you're not matching their expectations with your wording on your language on your website so this is exactly what SEO is about when we're talking about products so i get really soapboxy <laughs> about that another thing that's really important for ux design is using really great photos I mean, it's as simple as that. Invest in great photography so that when I look at something, it's as I expected it. So when it arrives to my home and I open it, it looks exactly as I expect it to look. And you do that with great photography, great lighting, crisp pictures. You know the drill. There are also some technical aspects of your website that are also important for conversion-based design. Like if your customer can't easily navigate your store, they'll simply walk away because it's not worth their effort. So a few technical things I want you to keep in mind, which again, I love that a lot of these are built into your Shopify theme. So you don't have to do a lot of work. That's one of the things I love about Shopify. But these things are like, how quickly does your site load? Is it mobile friendly? Are your texts and buttons big enough to see with good contrast? Do you use headings to make your text scannable? Are your collections and products easily organized for browsing? Do you have filters so people can search and find things? Do you even have a search bar where they can look for things? Is your checkout easy to use? Having an easy to use checkout is so crucial. Do you have express pay options turned on like PayPal and Apple Pay? Thank you Shopify for taking care of that. Uh, Do you have autofill options so that when they're typing in their address, their information automatically pops up? Those things are really important because like if I'm laying on my couch browsing your plant pots and I love this polka dot one that I found, if I have to get up to get my credit card, I'm probably going to get distracted by my kids making a mess. But if I can just boop, click with PayPal, then I'm going to be able to check out and wait for my product instead of, you know, having to clean up the marbles that my kids have spilled everywhere. So, you know, these types of things are really important for conversion-based design. 
The thing about it is that user design doesn't have to be super techie or complicated. Like I said, a lot of this is built into your theme, but there are things you can do like providing the, you know, the right information, directing people towards one goal to help that along the way. You can keep it simple by just considering like, how is this thing, whatever this thing you're deciding on, on your website, serving your customer and helping your customer reach the end goal of making a purchase, right? If you follow that kind of thinking, then you'll have a conversion boosting website in no time. The other thing I want to say is that not following some of these protocols or not thinking about some of these things is hurting your business. If someone lands on your website and it is super cluttered or it's full of bad graphics or it the content is hard to read, it could be hurting your business, right? They're not making a purchase. They're clicking on it and they're walking away, even if they liked that product, because it could feel like the website isn't complete. It's not supporting the customer. Customers want to you know, they want to spend their dollars, but they also want to make sure they're not getting ripped off. I don't think that if you just slap together a website, you're necessarily going to rip somebody off. Like, I don't believe anybody listening to this podcast will rip somebody off. Like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that not paying attention to some of these things could be really hurting your business because your website doesn't seem trustworthy. It's not easy to use. And even if I love your product, if it's not easy for me to make that purchase, I just won't do it. And I don't mean me personally. I mean like humans in general. (laughs) Like you would have to be really, really, really in love with a product to kind of fight your way through some of these issues. So just keep that in mind as you are creating or designing your website. So this is all kind of like the high level stuff that is in the heart of my course, DIY Shopify, which I've talked about on the podcast before, but the heart of DIY Shopify is like, how do you provide the right information in a way that looks great, that's easy for your customers to use, that tells your brand story, and that helps you convert those website viewers into customers? That is the heart of my program. That is why I created it. And this is kind of like the reason behind it all. Why do we do all these things? It's so that we can increase conversions. So if you're interested in learning more, you're interested in improving your website, following some of these conversion-based designs, I think you would love DIY Shopify. It's a self-study, go at your own pace, six-module course that breaks down how to design an e-commerce site that looks good, tells your brand story, and you know you're proud to share. If you want more details, I'd love for you to check it out. You can go to productpowerhouse.com slash DIY Shopify. All one word, DIY Shopify. Uh, You can also click the link in our show notes, of course. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It's my favorite thing to create, and I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen. 
If you enjoyed this podcast or you have listened to other episodes and enjoyed those, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me get the show out to more people just like you who are out there trying to grow their own product-based business.